Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Good morning. Good morning. We are back. I don't like saying that because what if you're listening to this late at night? But good day. Good Good day. Good day. Peace and grace to you. Peace and grace be to you. Yes. Yeah, we're going to start using that as our greeting. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everyone. We are actually starting a new series today, which Samantha and I are super excited about. So we hope that you guys are too. This series will last us kind of pretty much through the fall. So mm-hmm. you are going to be in scripture with us going through Fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we are really excited. So it'll be a little different. We did this back in the spring with Esther and we kind of wanted to bring back, obviously, we love having like girl talk and just, I don't know, doing like more like topical chit chat. But we also really obviously love the Bible, love reading God's word for ourselves and want this to be a community where we encourage and spur that on in each other. And so we thought that this would be a really fun place to start. Yeah, so we decided to do a series on fruit of the spirit. We'll talk about why it's fruit and not fruits, because I for sure learned that during the study. But just to kind of be goofy in the beginning, I didn't even tell you I was going to ask you this because I just not thought oh, of it. Gosh. What's your favorite fruit? I don't think I know. Ooh, that's kind of a hard one. There's so many fruit options. I would probably say raspberries, maybe. Are you joking? No. Didn't you recently grill me for eating raspberries straight out of my fridge? Or like blackberries? No, blackberries, because blackberries are weird. What? Blackberries are weird. They're like seedy and kind of grainy and like, it's weird. There is no difference between having a carton of blackberries and raspberries. Like I, the two are like one and the same. No, blackberries to me. are like more tart and like not very sweet. Where raspberries are really sweet. Like raspberries are like a strawberry, but like different. my blackberries that I get are very sweet. No, mine are like normally tart. You, sh- oh, sh- I was gosh. at my house and you were grilling me about you that. and Justin go through like how many cartons of blackberries? We buy, we love we like both any berry that would probably be my yeah. favorite. I mean, I feel like berries are kind of the superior group, like fruit, yeah, for sure. right? Like if you say an apple is your favorite fruit, weird. weird. But I do love pink lady apples; they're my favorite. Yeah, and my kids eat bananas like no joke. Yeah, Emerson went through a phase of that, but honestly, bananas are gross. Like I but ate bananas one the other are so day. versatile, though. You can put them in breads, you can put them in smoothies, you can eat them plain, right. you can they, yes. freeze them. Yeah, but they're really they're like not versatile. that good. They're just like the boring little thing that's like all. They're like a fa- old faithful friend. They're not gonna like jazz you up on a Friday, but they're gonna like. And then like be mangoes there. or pineapples are just like the weird ones. Like I'm like mm-hmm. they're good. But like we don't have Special them enough occasion. here. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like we don't have them enough here. Where I'm like I never eat them other yeah. than in my smoothies, and they're frozen in a bag, and they've probably been that way for like months in well, a bag. It's funny because other than maybe a good, there's a few things at the end that maybe can help us understand why he called them fruit of the spirit. But other than that, it has nothing to do with fruit. And I think I'm excited for this series because. I brought this idea up a while ago, and I really don't know why. Obviously, God was working on my heart even then thinking about it. But it's one of those biblical things that if you grew up in church or have any kind of context about scripture, you probably know what they are. And I think most of my life, and if you're feeling this way too, just know I'm alongside with you. As I've studied at this time, I realized it's a concept in the Bible that we either were mistaught or someone misinterpreted or we misinterpreted or we misapplied because I always viewed fruit of the spirit as this kind of 
this list of things that we could do to work on. So, you know, we'll list them all. We're going to read the scripture, but it was like, okay, I need to grow in patience. Let me pray for to have a more patient day. And I totally missed the idea that Paul is writing about in how we can grow in fruit of the Spirit. Or I think the common misconception about fruit, or I can speak for myself, is that you grow up in church maybe, or not maybe not even growing up in church, but when you become a Christian or just grow in your knowledge of Jesus, you hear these aspects of Him and you're like, oh, great. Yep, that's cool. And you don't actually know anything about them. So obviously, I have heard about having goodness and faithfulness and self-control. And again, it's like this list of things that I just think I should attain. Yes. But I don't think about it twice. I'm just like, okay, cool. Yep, I need to act like that. Mm-hmm. never really studying it because I do think it's one of those things like everyone thinks they understand what mm-hmm. the fruit of the spirit are and what I should do with them, which I actually think that's a huge common misconception. Right. So yeah, we're excited to dive in. So I was excited to say all that. I was excited before, but then when I've learned more, and this is why we obviously have such a heart to learn how to study our Bibles, look at the context. So we're going to read the scripture, but then we're going to give a little bit of background about the book of Galatians and why Paul was talking to these certain people, because it makes scripture come alive. Like I was getting giddy last night as I was doing some research and I was thinking, well, that makes sense why he was saying that to these people. And if we just read it as this blanket thing or we cherry pick scripture out, it's never... What? Like a fruit. Cherry pick. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. We cherry pick scripture out we're probably then going to miss the mark a little bit on how to apply it to our life. So without further ado, let me just read Galatians. We're going to start in verse 16 and then go on. But honestly, the more I've been studying Galatians is just a great book. So and it's a quick read if you're into that. So you could read all of it. But starting in Galatians 5, 16. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, amenity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, all things like these. I warn you as I warned you before and that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I love so much about that, obviously, but it's funny. It's like you read verse 22, uh, the fruit, and you're missing all of this other stuff that he is talking about and just so much context to it. Yeah, we even wanted to, when we were going through this, we're like, wait, we actually want everyone to read the whole entire book of Galatians because it's so good. And then it follows up in Ephesians, which is also, we've talked a lot about that on our podcast, I feel like two of my favorite books, but 
I highly encourage you guys to read the whole book of Galatians because it is so, so good and gives a lot of context. So Paul is the author of Galatians, and he's speaking to the church of Galatia. And at this time, these people, some of them were Christians. They had come into faith, into Christ. And we kind of did some research, and these people had been Christians, some of them for a couple years, and some of them maybe more what we would like say, like our baby Christians, like just learning about faith. But he is talking to them as they are kind of struggling between this idea of coming into faith with Jesus Christ, not understanding that, oh, I no longer am saved by my actions and by following these laws, but I am saved by committing my life to following Jesus and the Holy Spirit that I made new in Christ through my belief in him. And so he's talking to them, trying to challenge them, like, it's not just about following these laws. It's actually about like spending time and abiding and remaining and coming into relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's important. This is why I get so excited about studying things. So Paul had planted this church about two years previous. And these were actually people that were from the Jewish faith that converted to Christianity. So, you know, in some of the churches, it's more just Gentiles that he totally converted into believing in who Jesus was. But these were actually Jewish followers. So they had been living out their faith by this intense, intense book of law that Honestly, can you imagine living so much in that way and then your faith changing and them saying, actually, you don't have to follow those laws anymore for your salvation and for your connection with Jesus. Like all you have to do is believe and abide in him. And so Paul was writing because he was off and he heard that there were some men that were coming back into the church and they were saying, hey, 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 yeah, we're fine that you guys want to believe in Jesus, but you still need to be going through these laws and that's still really important. And so Paul caught wind of this and he's coming back to clarify, no, 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 Jesus died. So you don't have to live out those laws anymore and you don't need to be confused and start merging the two together anymore. Like that was the point of the cross. So I think that's so cool and gives us so much context. He's saying, you know, if you are going to live out this faith, this new faith that you're super unfamiliar with. It's like, I get it. I'm going to lay out for you what it looks like if you're going to continue to walk in the flesh versus what it looks like if you are abiding in Jesus. And so that's why I love getting context because it makes so much sense. You're like, oh my gosh, that would probably be really hard for them. They're trying to purify themselves through these laws still. And he's saying, no, I don't care about that. Jesus doesn't want that anymore. He wants your attention. He wants your affection in him. Mm -hmm. And if you want to read more on that, that's specifically Galatians 4, starting in verse 8, is where he comes into like his concern for this church and for these people wanting to kind of dive into that story with them. And when we were even talking about this, I told Samantha, I was like, honestly, again, the Holy Spirit doesn't work in us. And we were excited to dive into this study with you guys, because honestly, genuinely, we feel like we've grown a ton just in our understanding of this fruit. And even just like, our understanding in God's word. And so it's exciting. But I told her, I said, gosh, I have a lot of heart for these people because even as we say that, you know, Samantha saying like, wouldn't that be so crazy? Like you're living by this extreme law. You think like, this is the best thing for me. I should be doing all of these things. And all of a sudden comes in, someone comes in and kind of rocks your world and says, no, it's actually about like spending time with him and learning to love him and living a life like wanting to glorify him in like remaining and abiding with him and how kind of like that rocks your world a little bit. And I told her, I was like, obviously, as a person who likes to do a lot of things, I can imagine the tension they feel because even as Christians now, you know, we have the Ten Commandments, we have things that we know are right and wrong. So we kind of have this like almost like a moral compass, but we also do have these commandments that like 
are things that we should and should not do. But then he's coming in. And so I'm like, I can feel that tension, like personally myself. And so I'm like, and obviously they had it 10 more, like 10 more times intensely. And so I can't imagine that tension they feel. And this is kind of rocking the world, honestly. Yeah. One thing I really like, okay, when we're looking at that list, I'm going to read it one more time of the things that he's saying are works of the flesh. So things that you see in people when they're walking in the way of the world, we hear sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, amenity. I can never say that word. I got it right the you first said time. It. Yeah, you're right. Said Enmity, it right. strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, distinctions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Those are things that we have to passively work on putting off. So that is a passive action. Like we don't want to live in drunkenness. We want to live a life that is pure and not impure. And so those are things that we can do. We can be obedient and walk in. However, when he's reading the things or when he's speaking about the fruit of the spirit, he's talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are things that we can try all day to work on as like a morality thing. But those are actually things that have to be changed within us from the inside out. And it's just interesting because I'm also someone who just give me a list of what the right thing to do is and I'll do it. And I think that's why he's speaking to this, that there can be a lot of moral people in the world that show us pieces of goodness or show us self-control. But that doesn't mean that that's coming from the spirit dwelling inside of them and that that's overflowing from that. And so I think that there's just a difference when it's not just like little aspects of your life, but it's just like what bubbles out of you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like I we are reading this resource, which we will make sure to link in all of our episodes, but it's Cultivating the Fruit of the Spirit by Christopher Wright. And one thing he says, he continues to talk about the picture of Jesus, the posture of Jesus, that as Christ dwells in us, as Christ followers and Christ believers, once we accept him into our lives in that way, that his Holy Spirit fills us. And this fruit is the expression of Jesus in our lives. And so I love love that picture because we are filled with God's spirit and he dwells in us. And therefore, as we abide with him, remain in him, grow in him, that these things are products of our life and that people should see these things come from us as we walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I love that picture. So something just a little bit more practically as we get started on studying these things, you know, I didn't know this. So if you're just mind blown, these are supposed to be like a combined fruit. It is not like fruits of the spirit. And I think one of the reasons I've been so confused about that is because I see a lot of like imagery where people will like do a cute picture of a banana with like Like a cornucopia with a bunch of fruits coming out. And I heard it in one resource when I was studying for this, describe it as like pictured as a bundle of grapes. So it's like the same fruit, but multiple of them. And I was like, that is so good to think about. that is good. That's good. Yeah. So that's just a little thing. It's not fruits of the spirit. It's fruit. This is the fruit that comes out of you abiding in him. And all of these things combined are overflowing into what people are seeing outside of your life. Secondly, just another little note that I kind of was thinking through. I think part of the issue in the past when maybe we've heard about fruits of the spirit, we think of it almost as we think of what spiritual gifts are. And so that these things are a list of like things you could grow in individually, like I mentioned earlier, almost like you would a spiritual gift. But no, again, these aren't spiritual gifts. These are things that we grow in Christ's likeness. This is really just a list of the characteristics of God. And so it's saying like, no, the more that you're abiding in him, these things are going to become more evident in your life. Will you read that scripture that also goes so much with this that I, I get weepy at the scripture in John. 
Yeah, so we learn about, obviously, this back in John 15, 5 through 8 is really like the probably scripture that you may recognize a lot that people normally tend to, but we wanted to actually read 1 through 8. So this is going to be a little long, but bear with me. So John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned for greater faithfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot bear fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. If you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any requests you like, and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. Hmm. Amazing. I love that. In this series, we'll bring on a few interviews in our time together, and we have some treats for you. But this imagery, if you guys have ever been to a vineyard or seen vines grow, producing branches that produce fruit, it is an amazing piece of imagery that you get to see that the fruit is actually falling from like extensions of things far from the actual vine, which is so cool. And so when Jesus is saying this, he's saying, like, I am what grows. I am what feeds you. I am what continues to help you do anything. And you will bear this fruit, but it's only from staying within me that if these branches get torn or severed or tear off, then they wither and die. There's like, there's no life that is not connected to me. And so when you talk about the fruit that's getting produced in our lives, when we are abiding and pursuing and spending time with Jesus and his word and coming to him every day to learn from him, then you can see that, well, it's obvious. Like I have to be connected. I have to be so intertwined with you to do anything that apart from you, I literally will die and I will just wither away, which is beautiful. Yeah. I was reading commentary because it is kind of funny. The idea is sometimes in the Bible, there's interesting examples, but I'm actually getting ready to go to a parable Bible study class right after we record today. And I'm excited for that because again and again in scripture, we see that Jesus was so culturally relevant with the way that he described things. And so sometimes there's things that are a little bit hard to understand for us. But if we go back into the cultural context, it makes so much sense. And I was thinking like, well, then why did he name it fruit? Like, it's kind of funny. It's kind of weird. Well, I was reading this commentary and this guy was saying, you know, here are the reasons that I think of like fruit having these this relation. And first of all, I kind of just made this up, but I'm assuming back then fruit would be such a luxury. It would be such a treat. Like it, it's very like pleasing, achievable. Like you would want mm-hmm. fruit. It's also very rich. Like right. probably if you didn't have a lot of wealth, you probably didn't have a lot of fresh fruit. True. You yeah. more so like stored, you know, your True. food. It was not like fresh in right. that way. So fruit, even in that sense, was probably kind of like a... It was a treat. Yeah, treat. a luxury. Yeah. And so here's some characteristics of fruit that would also help us understand these characteristics that God is teaching us about. So he says, fruit isn't achieved by working. It's birthed by abiding. So yeah, the fruit isn't doing anything. It's just sitting there. It just comes from being. It, it, it just is because of the branch, the plant doing all the work. So I loved that. Fruit is fragile. So it's so true. It can like bruise. It can break off and just smash. It's like these things individually 
there's not much to them, but they're really strong when they're still connected. Fruit reproduces itself. I love that thought of like the more that I'm abiding, the more goodness I see. Hopefully that just continues to breed in my life. And fruit is attractive, which we just kind of talked about. Super attractive. I mean, I don't think there's like many people that just like don't like fruit. No. Vegetables. Bruised bananas, maybe. Vegetables would have been harder to relate to, you know? And then fruit nourishes. It's also like so good for us. And it's not, it's so sweet and delicious, but it's not my like berry Skittles, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I love this picture of fruits, though, because we can all imagine what fruit looks like when it is, like you said, nourishing, like flourishing. And I, one of the resources we used was fruit is what you get when you or a tree has life. It's fed, it's nourished, and it's flourishing. And I love that idea because who doesn't want to flourish? Like, I just love that like word picture it creates in my mind because like I want to be someone who has life coming from me. Obviously, we love, we are all like, we can all notice that when we're around people who give us life, who we can all like leave time with someone and say, oh, that was so life-giving. And we're like, what do we mean by that? Well, we can feel that like we can probably smell an aroma from those people. We can like experience life and experience abundancy when we receive these aspects from other people, which obviously as Christians, we receive from the Holy Spirit and in, in Him. So even as we talk about that, it is a single fruit of the Spirit. All these things are together as we abide in Christ. We do over our series the next few weeks, we want to break these down individually because we do, we think that Paul had intention in choosing each one of these. Obviously, Jesus did through his word, but Paul, you know, explicitly talks about one of these, each one of these things. And so we want to dive into each one of those things specifically of what does this mean? Even as we're going through the context of Galatians right now, there is actually some maybe correct ways to think about each ways of like maybe Paul was writing, you know, what type of peace is he talking about when he says peace versus maybe not. And so we want to break those down and make sure we are each interpreting those correctly and then applying them correctly too of what that fruit is actually like, how is that supposed to be displayed in our lives? Mm-hmm. One more little like personal story slash imagery to help as I've been studying this and thinking through, okay, well, how can I relate this in my life? I was thinking about when Justin and I got married and we got married really young. We were still in college and like, I mean, oh my gosh, I just think like who and why did they let us do that? Like to our families, to our pastor, like why did you let us do that? We came into our marriage, you know, with so many individual ways that we did things. And honestly, us being so young, a lot of it, we were just like, is this the right way to do it? But it's so interesting. We were with Christian and Andrew or Andrew's Christian's husband. And I think you guys know that, but we were all together last night and we were driving home and I was thinking about how much my sense of humor has merged with Justin's. Like we've almost become one in the same in so many ways, obviously. Yeah. Like we're bound together and we are one body together. We obviously have so many of our own personality traits and different things that we do, but it is funny how I've watched over our, you know, we're eight years into marriage, how we have merged so many of our things together. And it made me think about that. It's like, I didn't intentionally wake up and say, okay, Justin has this kind of humor and I have this, like, I want to work on being the same in that. But over time, that just starts to mesh together. And I started picturing, I think that's what happens with our relationship with God and the fruit that comes in our life. It's like, we don't even realize it, but one day we 
we say something to someone and we are like almost just shocked at our genuine kindness that comes out because we know what our flesh wants to do, but we're just like almost in amazement of how we know the Holy Spirit just brought forth like a really kind thing that we did or said or whatever. And I kind of, I don't know if that's right, but I kind of like that picture of like, we don't even realize it's happening, but when we're so closely united with him, these things just start to overflow and overflow. And I just, I love that picture. Well, and again, it takes me back to all of the times where if that was, I think on this podcast, I've talked about like my parents' marriage. It's the same story for Andrew and I. Just these things that people see in other people's lives that they're like, if they're non-Christian, they're like, I don't really know what's different about this person, but something's different and I want to hear more. I mean, shouldn't that be the prayer for all of us in our lives as Christians that people see us and yeah, we are called like not to be of this world, not to be like this world. We should look different. So like, in what ways are we looking different? And I think these fruit like of the spirit are the exact ways we look different that for some reason in hard circumstances, we do have like kindness and goodness. And we do have faithfulness that seems almost like, you know, you can't even comprehend or we have love for someone who is so different than us and who really agrees that like thinks about things so differently, but we can come to a mutual understanding of each other's, you know, thoughts on something or we have peace or we have gentleness for someone who's being really out of control and like, you know, hurtful to us. And so those are the things that people see and they wonder like, what is that? What is that about that person? Why is that person acting or treating or thinking that way? That seems so odd. And we should all be just pursuing and loving or like hoping for that as Christians, that we can look apart in these ways because that is the character of Jesus. And those are the characteristics that come from us as we spend time in his word and learn more about him. Hmm. Do you hear if I pray over our series? I didn't even ask you about that, but I just feel like we should pray over everyone listening to this right now as we walk into studying the scripture together. And yeah, I'll just pray for us to close this out. Lord, we are just continued to be amazed and just so grateful for the way that you get to use this podcast to bring forth a really cool community. We're just grateful for the way that you have put certain scripture on our heart to grow in personally and then to be able to share with these girls. Lord, we pray for every single person listening to this series and these episodes that they would just grow in desire to know your word well, Lord, and that we wouldn't be intimidated by digging in and studying truth that we would also let this truth change who we are, that we wouldn't just let them be words that we let roll off of our ears or just kind of check off a box, but that we let these truths really change what our lives look like day to day. Lord, we're just so thankful for everyone and grateful for an opportunity to do this together. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon.